This is A Disciple's Point of View, One Disciple's Perspective on God's Word. My name is Craig and I'll be your host today as we go through a myriad of topics related to Christianity. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Eternal Life 101. So often I've been guilty about saying in this podcast that this is going to be probably pretty short. It's going to be self-evident. It's going to speak for itself and then it goes on and on and on. So I think I'm going to repent of that, so to speak, and uh, just kind of let it be what it is. But in this particular uh, podcast today, we're only going to go over about five verses. And it's really, <laughs> it's really self-evident, but at the same time, we'll just jump right into it and what happens will happen and we'll allow uh, God to speak into this space and into this time and hopefully into your heart today. Um, so we'll just jump right into it. Um, we're in chapter 8 of Romans, verse 12. So then, brothers, again, whenever we see anything like that, we got, we're got we building off of a previous verse. We're building off of a foundational argument that Paul has already laid down. So again, as I said last week, this book just builds and builds and builds on itself. Paul is basically making the argument for the Christian faith, which is honestly why going through the book of Romans that I've entitled the series uh, Eternal Life 101. It's very basic. It's very foundational. And it is a perfect blueprint for what the Christian faith looks like and how it's lived out. It's a basically a great instructional book on how to receive eternal life and how to live it out uh, practically day by day. Since God, <laughs> I remember years ago hearing a pastor talk about why is it whenever we, um, and he was saying basically like uh, reasons why we live the life that we live is that uh, he would say, why is it when we baptize people, we just don't hold them under and send them on to eternity? <laughs> so basically, obviously, the idea is, is that we are basically here to serve Christ. We're here. And as the tidbit that I put out um, uh, in response to the podcast of Eternal Life 101 last week, basically, I laid the foundation that we are servants of Christ and we're being trained up to live this life and to be servants in the eternal state in the millennial kingdom of Christ, which I believe will be fulfilled literally, right? So why is it that we don't hold people under and send them on to eternity? Is because obviously we're training people up and building the kingdom of God life by life, bit, brick by brick, uh, mortar by mortar. So in verse 12, he's building off of what he already basically laid out in verses 9 through 11, that basically if you live according to the Spirit, you will see fruits of the Spirit developed in your life. And verse 11, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So again, picking up in verse 12, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, right? So we don't sit here and since we have been set free from the law of sin and death and we live life according to the Spirit and this life is lived out through the Spirit, we don't then turn around and live according to the flesh. We don't commit those sins of the flesh that were so evident in Galatians chapter 5 that basically you don't live a life according to drunkenness. You don't live a life according to anger. Uh, division, sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, all that stuff. You don't live according to that anymore. You live according to the law of the Spirit. 
and the fruit of the spirit. So if you're starting to see your life more predominantly um, categorized by the things of the flesh, you might want to do an inventory and a pretty harsh examination of your own life at that point and realize that maybe you're not living the life that God has called you to live. Maybe you're living according to the flesh, which Paul says, we don't live according to the flesh anymore. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So that's not necessarily like, you know, saying you're physically going to die. It's very well possible you could if you uh, live in rampant sexual immorality, if you just sleep around and whatnot. We know that sexually transmitted diseases are a very real thing and you may well die. But Paul is talking about more so spiritually. Basically, you will die spiritually and you will not be able to live this life that God has called us to live because the two are opposed to one another. Okay, if you're starting to live in rampant sexual immorality, you'll find yourself in your mind distancing yourself from God because, you know, the scriptures bear out that you can't live that life. God is calling you away from that life if you're a Christian. Right. But if you're living according to that, which is the flesh, you'll find yourself dividing yourself from God. Oftentimes it's said of Christians that if you feel far from God, who is it that moved? It wasn't you, or I'm sorry, it wasn't God, it's you, right? You're the one who basically disfellowshipped yourself. We don't lose, God doesn't cut off fellowship with himself when, whenever we sin or if we find ourselves in a pattern of sin. It's us. We do that because we don't want to remind ourselves that we're living contrary to how God wants us to live. Hence, the two are opposed to one another. So if you live according to the flesh, you'll die because you're separating yourself from God. You're the one doing that. God isn't doing that. He's immovable. He is not moving away from you. You're moving away from him. Then continuing on with the verse, but if we live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, right? So if you live according to the flesh, you'll find that you shun those sins of the flesh. You don't want anything to do with that. You don't want anything to do with the deeds of darkness. You want to live according to the light of the beloved son. You want to live according to the things that he wants you to live for. So you end up avoiding those things, those sins of the flesh that we talked about before in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Those uh, sins of the flesh are evident. But those who live according to the spirit will yield the fruits of the spirit, which is Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, right? Picking up in verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So a little bit of a language lesson. Abba is an Aramaic term. The Bible is written primarily in Hebrew and Greek, but we also have some Aramaic, which was a dialect that was spoken at the time of Jesus, right? When he walked the earth. So Abba is actually a very, it's kind of like in English language. We, I could sit there and call my, my father, father, and be very formal. And I've never done that with him. I call him dad, which is a very endearing term. If you're really close to your, to your parent, right? You're, you're a male parent your father, so to speak, you might even call him daddy. And that's a very endearing term. And that, you know, any father whose uh, son or daughter calls their father daddy, 
and usually it's the daughters calling their fathers that oftentimes in the Western world, this is what Abba means. It's a very endearing term. All right. It's something that basically that was only utilized whenever there was a really close familial relationship between a parent and their offspring and their, and their children. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It causes us to call God the Father, Daddy. It, Im it imbues an intimacy. It imbues the fact that we are so close that we can dare call the creator of the universe, who is holy, and just, and true, the king of the universe, that we can call him Daddy. That's what Abba means. And that's what the Spirit of God calls us to call him. In the book of Romans, it talks about how the Spirit intercedes for us with words that and groans that, or I'm sorry, with groans and utterances that words cannot express. Right? And this is what the Spirit calls us to do. He calls us to call out to God and in our moment of need to ask. And whenever we have sinned, to confess our sins and to come boldly before his throne in our time of need, as the book of Hebrews declares. This is what the Spirit of God does within us and does within the life of the Christian. In verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay? So, it's, it's a very bold thing to say that we're all children of God. It really is, because you're basically saying that God has accepted you or God has accepted me. The only reason that we can come before God at all is because of what Jesus has done for us. We've already laid that out in this podcast because that is what Paul has laid out. And he had received the Holy Spirit. He basically was forcibly um, converted by God himself in the book of Acts. He was, in essence, knocked off his horse, blinded, and he was actually a persecutor of the church. And then he received this gospel of grace himself. If you want to talk about ever that we receive eternal life through any kind of merit, well, then the Apostle Paul knows nothing about that. I know nothing about that. Any true believer knows nothing about that because we're saved by grace through faith. We receive the Spirit of God through that same way. We don't get a second filling. We don't get some sort of merit-based filling of the Spirit. It is completely by grace that we have received the Spirit of God, right? And this Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I mean, think about that for a second. You can call the creator of the universe your daddy. And I don't mean that in a weird way. But that you can sit there and you can intimately talk with God. You can intimately look at God as so much of a redeemer that he is a parent figure to you. He did create us too. He knitted us together in our mother's womb as the Psalms declare. Right. That's why Christians oftentimes are so against abortion, because we sit there and we see ourselves as intimate creations of God himself. Right. We're the ones who sit here and say that, you know, life begins even before birth. For God knew us before the foundation of the world, as the scriptures declare. Right. Not only that, but we can go so far as to say 
that we are children of God, that the Spirit of God causes us to say this, because in all honesty, that's what the Scriptures declare. That's what the Scriptures declare. And in verse 17, and if children, then heirs. We're heirs with God, with Christ. So when Christ receives his kingdom, right, when he reigns for a thousand years, we're heirs with God, with Christ. Let that sink in for a second. If that's not mind-blowing enough, that we can attain eternal life, that we could sit there and call God the most intimate way you would call a father, right? In a loving, just completely accepting way, that then we're children of God. Not only that, but if we're children, we're heirs to the kingdom. This is huge. This is big. This is this is just you know, mind-blowing stuff that is God of the universe who created the universe with a spoken word, saved us by grace, and now we're heirs with Christ? Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may all be also glorified with him. So there's that caveat right there, too. And that basically, we show who we are by not only by the fruit in our lives, but by what gets lived out in us. You know, if we're truly living a godly life in this world, as Paul said elsewhere in another book of the Bible, in another epistle, that basically if we are going to live godly lives, we will suffer persecution. It will happen. So if you're living in curry in favor of the world, then just know that you may not necessarily be living the life that God has called you to live. That's not to say that believers can't live blessed lives. Clearly, there have been many people, even within our own timeline or uh, lifetime, that have lived very blessed lives, that have clearly seen their lives clearly blessed by God. But that's not the general rule of thumb of how Christians tend to live. Christians have enjoyed that in the United States of America and the Western world, largely because of the foundational freedoms that America and a lot of the Western countries have adopted that we have enshrined in our Constitution and that a lot of other nations have enshrined in their various documents of the law. But that is being eroded. By and large, we've seen more persecution in the Christian church within the 20th century than we saw in all other centuries combined. And that it very well could be said because the world's population was greater, so therefore it created a greater opportunity for persecution. But in other countries such as India and China, the church by and large is underground. You have your, your state-sponsored churches like in China that are allowed to exist, but I would imagine that it's not truly heralding the scriptures as they should. I don't live in those parts of the world, and I haven't studied that extensively, but I do know that Christians by and large are not welcomed in China whatsoever, whatsoever. And like say in North Korea, you're not welcome whatsoever. Uh, there are hostile nations to the gospel, right? And more and more within the United States of America and other Western countries, we're starting to see a lot of those freedoms erode, but we have to stay firm in our foundation with Christ, no matter what happens. We don't come to God and we don't receive this gift of eternal life for what God can give us, right? We do it because we recognize that we're sinners 
in the hands of an angry God. God is angry with sin. He really is. Unless you are found within Christ, that is the refuge that any human being can have in the hands of God whenever he is facing sin. And he will punish and deal with sin one day. But God is being incredibly forbearing in that for the last almost 1900 to 2000 years that he hasn't largely punished sin. I would argue that probably he has dealt with it in various ways, in various small forms, as to, in terms of punishment, right? But we haven't largely seen the, the punishment that our sins in this country and in the West and in the world deserves. God has not treated us according to that which we deserve. He has treated us with infinite amounts of mercy. Even if you're apart from Christ and you're living a, a decent life, you're living a life that God has been merciful towards, right? But if you're a Christian, if you call Christ your Savior, if you call God Abba, Father, you are a child of God. Not only that, you are heirs with Christ. And that will come with a price. That will come with a price. But ultimately, the payoff is not in this life so much as it is in the life to come, right? It's not in heaven, so to speak. It, we go to heaven when we die. The scriptures are pretty clear about that. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as, uh, as the Apostle Paul would say to us. But we're living our life in preparation for service unto the kingdom of God. Okay, And that was a basic, clear um, reference to... Romans chapter 8 that we will deal with this week. So that's why I said it could be short. It could be long. It was about average. So basically, we have to remember that if we receive the spirit of Christ, if we receive Jesus Christ as our own, that we become children of God and heirs with Christ in the kingdom to come. But that may also come at the price that we have to be willing to pay. Right. And how you receive Jesus Christ and how you become part of this promise and this heir of the kingdom to come, listen to the next segment that's coming up right now. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart. By simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do, and your life will change. Your life will change, not necessarily materially, 
not necessarily in terms of the world, but your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. The Apostle John wrote that when he was pinning 1 John. He says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, I have the links for the social networks that I am connected on in my bio for this podcast. I'm also available at Gmail at DisciplePOV, that's D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-P-O-V at gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.